All right. Welcome back to Dead Wax, everybody. Oh, my God. Is this real? Are we really it's back? It's actually happening. I'm so excited. Today's a little bit of an odd episode to kick back with because we happen to be remote. We had a thing scheduled in person and then it got canceled last minute. And so here we are. We're doing our first uh, remote episode of Dead Wax. We're going to listen to Body Snatchers. Should we jump right in, Ryan? I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite songs. Let's jump right in. Is it too late for me to quit music? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm going to say what I always say after listening to something truly excellent, which is like, how do you even begin to talk about that? It's such it's such a demonic, perfect expression of humanity. It is so ape ish and and just like it is it is just. It is I feel like we're hearing the inside of a of a person breaking. It's so beautiful to listen to. Such a good combination of um guttural, instinctual, basic, and also just like high highbrow, super intelligent, crafty. It's just like it's all it's all that shit. It's the the lower guttural stuff and the brainy stuff. Just the the perfect balance. I mean there's there's a gazillion things to talk about. You sort of hit it on the head there, which is what I love about Radiohead. There's a lot of like intellectual music that I think is interesting to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a lot of pop music that just like hits you in the feels and it's inarguably like good and like, oh, it just gets you going, but it doesn't really stimulate your brain. Yeah. Radiohead has hit this incredible um, overlap of so brainy and interesting and different and fresh and and like really smart harmony and phrasing and and chord structures and melodies but it doesn't lose the visceral hit like it's a banger emotionally start to finish and they've nailed that overlap yeah it's such a rare combo that somebody can do that part of that is due to tom york's genius um because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not schooled, right? He just puts his fingers and finds the cool chords. And right, he's like he's like your um your beautiful wife Natalie. He just comes at it from such a organic place, not a music school place. And then I think the other part of Radiohead's genius is that this is just one of the all time great examples of a true band. And you have you know the the sixth the sixth man being uh Nigel Godrich, and you have like Tom York, like just the the way that they're all able to to bring the best out of each other. You have I hear Johnny in this. You know you hear you hear the oh, sound Johnny's design so stuff. loud in this. Yeah, can we talk about this? Speaking of what we hear, the guitar tone at the beginning. This has always been one of the most fascinating guitar tones for me. It's yeah. probably in my top 10 guitar tones of all time. And I'll tell you what's interesting about it, for me at least. I mean, not only does it just like sound like a muffled cloud demon, but it's like the, what, what's interesting about it technically is it sounds like there's a lot happening above like 4K. 
5K. Like usually guitar amps like roll off after, you know, whatever, five or six or, you know, they, they roll off there. And that's what makes a guitar amp sound interesting is like the frequencies that are missing. Mm-hmm. But, but with this guitar sound, there's a lot of white noise fuzz stuff happening on top that's way in the upper end of the frequency range. And Can it we makes listen it, to that again? Let's listen again because it makes it sound unlike any other guitar sound. The only people who have done something like this is White Stripes. But let's listen to that intro guitar sound again. Okay, okay, cut that. Can, can you, there's like shit going on in like 8K, 9K, 10. It's like, it's like all the sibilance of a voice in that, it's, in that guitar tone. It's insane. It's really cool. Um, <clears throat> it kind of sounds like there's a bunch of room uh, compressed. It sounds like an amp that's distorting. And then there's maybe like a condenser mic and it's picking up like, more high frequency stuff out of the amp than you're used to hearing with like an SM57. And then it also sounds like that mic is squashed to shit in a small room. And then there's some post-production um, distortion on top of it as you well. You know, I, I, I don't think this is what they did, but I, I've gotten tones like this before. If I use, do you ever use the snare buzz plugin or no. do you ever record a guitar amp with a snare drum with the snare turned on next to the guitar amp. And no, then you what, put wait, a microphone there. What's the there. snare buzz plugin? Uh, the snare buzz plugin simulates the resonance of a snare drum. So uh, like, here's my snare drum. Now um, you can hear that if I, if I tap my snare drum, but so if I were to play like buzz, it just adds yeah, like, like if I play my mic. piano, if I play my piano next to the snare drum, uh, you can kind of hear the snares a little bit like, I don't know if you can hear it over my microphone, but and the who point makes is, the snare you, buzz plugin? Uh, it is um, God Waves Factory. I think is what they're called. Not Waves, Waves Factory. Huh. Okay, I, I, so that's I think a good plugin can, tip. So, so, so here's what it does. It's got like a lot of high frequency on it. It's just shh. It's just like snare buzz, and you can change the types of snares and stuff like that. That's and if cool. you run a guitar through it you get all the resonance of the snares on top of the guitar. Now, I don't think that's what they were doing in this case, but it does sound like there's a resonator hitting when the guitar hits or like a noise follow type plugin, like a RC20 type thing where you can set uh, noise generation um, so that it follows the envelope of the input frequency. Okay, can we talk about harmony for a second? Yeah. So the whole first couple of minutes of the song is, is just a pedal point. Which is basically yeah, when deep. you have when you have one bass note, um, and then the harmony changes on top of the bass note. So it kind of sounds like there's this D, you know, with with no real. The third is not uh, being particularly articulated, whether it's a, a major or a minor third. But you have a dominant seven in that line. Um, yeah, and then you have this descending figure over the D, which is it sounds like um, starting flat on the, seven to a six. flat seven. To the six, right. to the flat six, to the five. Uh, they skip the flat six in most of them. So yeah, so we're in D, and then the line is this C. Can you put your to your B camera down so we can see your hands a little bit? To A. Um, I don't know if I can. Let me see if I can. Uh, 
I think that's going to be too much, right? Ooh, that's so nice. You can just see my fanny pack, you know? <laughs> nice fanny pack. So, so we're, in, we're in D, and it does this kind of... Is the line, right? The line is that flat seven, six, and then five. Right, and what that's that's implying is sort of one, one dominant, or even a flat seven, like a C over D. Can you play a C over D? Yeah, and yeah, so it's kind of like and I kind of flat- hear it. I, I right. don't want. I, I, I don't want. Yeah, because right, he sings. I don't want. I don't want a full Check Up until there, really, the only thing that's emphasizing the descending line is the melody, which which Johnny is doubling on the guitar. When the vocal melody hits the seven or the six, John, you hear Johnny sort of doubling that. Well, so what's interesting is, right, Tom is singing, um, I don't want, uh, I don't want, da 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 the melody has been so three, you know, three, four, five, six. <clears throat> when he goes up and hits that nine, it's, it's such a cool moment. It's so effective. Yeah. And when he does that, right, Johnny starts playing the vocal line. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you hear Johnny hit that hit that third, right? Yeah. Oh, you're ta- you're talking about in the chorus. Johnny starts playing the vocal line. So so yeah so so they sort of switch. They kind of switch. Like Johnny takes over that vocal melody. The it sounds like that's happening on another guitar. Sounds like there's yeah, two guitars at that point. It's like a new guitar sound. It's a much more pinched, darker, um, nervy. Yeah. 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 It almost sounds like a different amp, too. Jack, I feel like you're so good at this style of sound design and recording. Can can we break down up until this point in the song? Let's deconstruct the dish. What what are we hearing? There's drums. Right. There's like a, yeah, a drums so- with with a ride cymbal. So so it is what's incredible about this. I think what is truly incredible is that this is just a band. It's just yeah. drums, guitar, bass, and voice. That's yes. it. And then when the chorus, the chorus hits, there's an overdub. Yeah. And, and when the chorus hits, I think there's two overdubs. I think there's a second guitar doing that pinched line that you're talking about. And then yep. there's like a really cool dark harmony vocal. <clears throat> Do you hear that? I didn't hear that. Let's listen to that chorus again listen, for the listen dark to the chorus vocal. again and listen for for Johnny's sort of weird. It almost sounds like he's singing slow. Yeah. 
I, it's like the first drunk. time I ever heard that. Yeah. It's, and he's singing it's that line, gas- the descending line. Mm, ghastly. It's ghoulish. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like Tom is haunted. It sounds like the band is possessed. And yeah. that, that, that ghoulish voice coming in just enhances that entire feeling of, of this demonic interior. You know, it's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I think what's cool. Okay. There's, there's a couple things that are cool here. The first is within the guitar part, there's a backbeat. Listen to um, how Johnny's playing the snare drum on the guitar until the drums come in. playing the whole arrangement playing the whole song. in that intro. Yeah. He's playing the whole song with the drums and everything. And then when the, done. when when the drums come in, they're frantic. You know, they're they have so much energy and they're frantic, but at the same time because of the the pedal the pedal point, there's all of this tension. There's just tension building 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 and you pair that with the modal mixture of the, the mode mixture of like, are we in a minor key? Are we in D minor? Or are we in D major? So all of that together, along with with Tom's just brilliant vocal performance, just creates this stew of of all of these emotions that that we've been talking about. I think that the, what you're calling frantic drums. Wh- one thing that I love about great mixes and great audio engineering is when they hear a part and they like a drum part and they're like, oh, let's mix the drums like this for this song instead of like, ah, here's how I mix drums when I'm mixing drums. And in this particular track, listen to how loud the ride cymbal is mixed compared to, say, the kick drum or the snare. Can we listen to when the drums come in? Listen to the the volume of the ride cymbal relative to everything else. Let's take a listen again. What is Like that's ride cymbal cranked it's, up it's all so, the way. It's so loud. And listen to the placement of how he's playing the ride cymbal. It's on the very front edge of the beat, which just creates this, yes. this feeling. I mean, if he just place all those, all the same exact notes on paper on the other side of the beat, it wouldn't feel like that. It's an yeah. unrelenting eighth note ride cymbal. One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. And it's like yeah, mechanical. And they're all kind of almost. the same volume. They're all the same volume. It's just this banger of a of a beat. And it 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 really propels the whole song. I think it's such an interesting choice to leave that ride cymbal so high up in the mix. It really adds to the energy and frantic sort of chaos of the of the mix. Okay, so let's listen to the, the next section when the harmony starts to change. So what I love about that, and I'm I that's got to be that's got to be Johnny, right? That beautiful um, but what there, is that? It's like a, it's like a theremin kind of sound. 
but there's counterpoint within that line, right? There's one going up there and is. one going down. And 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 Tom is also kind of harmonizing with it as well. So there's like multiple people taking that. Um, yeah, there's a bunch bunch of people doing that. What's going on in the bass? Does the bass go to a flat six there? Yes, the bass does. The bass goes to a flat six there. And the the, the interesting thing about this though is like maybe I'm maybe I'm overanalyzing this, or maybe I'm going into freshman English mode here. But fuck it, that's what we do on this show. So like. There are so many elements of this that sound like ghosts, that sound like the haunting of of a person, right? I mean, somebody's getting their their body snatched, Jack. Yes, yes, like this is, but that's that's what it sounds like. It feels like your body is being disintermediated from your soul. It right. feels like a haunting, and that that vibrato on the. That is like literally a 1950s like ghost haunting movie. And then like all of the all of the mumbling, the it sounds like ghosts like coming out of a grave. Like everything sounds like a horror film. Everything feels like a horror movie. It's really but but all musical and emotional. It's not just like horror SFX. You know, it sounds Mm -hmm. sounds musical anyway. So, yes, the, the bass there does go to that. does go to that B flat. So it goes to the flat six. Right? That's the motion. So there's, so there's two lines. The first is, and the second is, and so you get this, and, and the, the one that goes, is what it sounds like. It sounds like this, almost sounds like you're puking out your soul. There's those suspensions over the 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 movement, the new bass movement, which is the first time that we've we've deviated from that pedal. Can you play yes. the two those two lines on top of the bass movement? Yeah, and those that second chord, so the first chord that you're playing. What yes. are those notes? B flat. B flat F B flat. Okay, so it's a it's our flat six. The thing is, it's the way it's played is it slides down. Right. Yeah. It, it does this. Yeah. It it delays the resolution so as to provide yes. even more tension. Um, yes. Okay, so that second chord. Can you play those three notes? The nine. Um, yeah, so it's the four. Well, so here's the thing is it's. Uh, uh, sorry, so sorry. Ah, here it is. Yes, what are those notes? What are those notes? It's so it's D E G. D E G. Yeah, so D is in the bass. And then the the E resolves down to a D. The G resolves up to an A. So it's this. and we still we still kind of have the B flat in our head. So it's really that minor four with a six in it, like a like a G minor six or a B flat six over. So let's listen to D. when the bass movement hits the D again, because I think uh-huh. you're right that the bass we still feel like it's in B flat. So it almost feels like this. Yeah, yeah, and then the, and the you, nine. 
the nine takes some time to resolve once exactly. the root has already resolved. So we get that. So can we listen? Well. Yeah, let's listen one more time and let's listen when the bass change happens because I think it affects the way that harmony feels on top. Let's listen to that bass change again. Okay, so it does. I mean, really, it does. it's still pedaling. The pedal doesn't really go away. But it definitely feels like B flat. And then when the notes are here, and yeah. then it changes to D before it resolves. So, yeah. so you get this you get this E G over a D. You you get the feeling that they're not the reason why this works so well is that they're not thinking in terms of, oh, I'm moving from this chord to this chord to this chord. They're they're melodic three different melodic ideas that within themselves are just beautiful melodies. And when you put them on top of each other, you hear, you know, chords happen that could be, you know, interpreted and analyzed in different ways. But I, I think that's, it's, it's this sort of vertical uh, or, or what am I trying horizontal to say? Hor approach. Horizontal approach yes. to harmony as opposed to I this chord, then this chord, then this chord. And that's something that I struggle with musically, I think, is I, lo I love harmony so much that I think about what chords come when. And actually, what it sounds like Radiohead is doing is like, here's a cool guitar riff, and then somebody adds another melody on top of that, and then somebody mm -hmm. adds another melody on top of that. And they're not like mapping out the harmony of the song. They're like coming up with cool parts and hooks and lines. And the yeah. way that they interleave together is just beautiful. It actually is, it's a little bit how I think, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but when I listen to like Brad Meldow or Keith Jarrett play the piano and you hear all that wonderful inner voice movement and like how they're, how they're thinking about all these different melodies at once, it's almost like they're, you know, this finger is Ed O'Brien, this finger is Johnny Greenwood, this finger yeah. is Tom York. Um, and they're just, you know, t you know, Brad Meldow or, or Keith, they're just like constructing multiple melodies at the, at the same time and really thinking, you know, horizontally and time-based instead of vertically and harmony-based. Which, which harkens back to classical, you know, all the great classical composers. It's just, you know, how, how they wrote. They're not sitting there with a the guitar thinking of, okay, I'm going to go C to G to D. They're just writing for each instrument <clears throat> and the chords uh, is what, what happens as a result. We can continue to analyze section by section of the song, but I think I think one of the most special things about this song is Tom York's vocal performance. Yep. And And it might be fun to just put a spotlight on that and and like really pay attention to why he's just one of the greatest singers ever. I, I remember listening to an interview with Tom York and, and um, someone, someone asked him, said, Tom, you're such a great, you're so great at so many different things. You're a great performer. You're a great songwriter. You're a great uh, lyricist and you're a great singer. Like what, which one of those do you feel like you're best at? And he said, singer. It just has such a unique, cool approach to 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 singing that um, maybe we could just listen to to kind of the song from there about where we stopped and uh, and listen to what the frick Tom is doing with his voice. No 
Okay, so uh, two things come to mind immediately. Um, a disregard for notes, right? Tom's not singing. I mean, he occasionally hits notes, but but there is that that one moment where he sings. He's like swooping through this cluster of like it's a it's a minor three, but then it's a nine, and then it's kind of a one, and then it goes down to the flat seven, and it's just through. And he's not. It's coming from such an emotional place. Yes, it's he's not he's not trying to like hit notes. Right. He's just expressing a feeling through his through his vocal cords. Yes. Yeah. His his instrument transcends written music it's just it does you could not notate that no can we can we listen to just where we stopped about 10 seconds before we stopped jason there's a a wonderful moment where his phrasing is also very interesting let's listen to those 10 seconds again okay i don't know what he's saying it sounds like yeah my friends i don't know what he's saying but the timing is what what time it's not there's no time there's no rhythm of that it's just like this yeah friends he's just like angry and saying this like fast paced line and it's and it's um it's 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 also a disregard for rhythm it's a disregard for notes and a disregard for like traditional rhythms and pickups he just is singing what he's feeling and the yeah just to to um <clears throat> ex- expand upon the the note thing there's so many notes in between a major third and a minor third you know what i mean there's like a gajillion different notes there and if you listen to where he's placing just like even in between that half step um there's so much emotion to be pulled from every scent in between you know, a four forty and what whatever a half step above that is, and he he's just playing upon all that nuance so masterfully. It's not like he doesn't have the control, right? He has the control. No, it's if so, he it's wants so to deliberate. Sing, yes, if he it's, wants it's to not sing, not by accident. Yeah, no, he's 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 deliberately choosing to ignore. I don't think he's singing those microtonal sort of things, um, on on. Well, is he doing it on purpose? You know what I mean. He's it not sound, trying to hit yeah, microtones. Sound, I don't right. think he's I mean, like he's saying, not, hmm, "I'm going to do a microtone before, but you know, between a nine and a one." I don't think that's what's going on. I think he's literally just tapping into his his uh, id. His you know, pure, he's, yes, pure pure expression. But um, right. But yeah, the the control that he has is is, is masterful. I mean, he's not doing it um, as a result of not having control or technique. He's just like. He's coming. He's singing from such a deep, emotional place, and uh, and you know we're we're just analyzing the which right. microtones come as a result. Let's listen to the next section because there's this one lovely acoustic guitar part where the harmony changes a lot. Great, and I want to hear that section before we wrap. I mean, oh my god! 
So the the other really interesting thing is like even getting into that acoustic guitar section, they like cut two bars. Right. Right. They they don't let you resolve. You're used to hearing now. But they go. And then they go right into the new chord, which is this G minor. So you yeah. think they're going to do that section again and you're going to hear that lovely synth again. And instead, they just give you the first bar of it and then move on to the next section. It's so bizarre, but, but so th- it works. So they're they're defying your expectation uh, in in three ways. They're doing it with phrasing by introducing a new section on an unexpected part of the phrase or the measure. They're doing it with harmony. By giving you a complete, where where do we go there chord wise, Jack? What what is that first? New so we chord? go to the four minor. We go to uh, a G minor. So we're in D, and then we go to this G minor, and then they go to D minor, and then they go to like Johnny's a first minor melody note yeah. over the G minor. Is that an A? What's he playing there? So what's going on there? Is it's Johnny's playing the nine, so so the yeah. the harmony goes to a G minor, but Johnny plays. Yeah, it, fe- and then it we doesn't go even to... feel like we're going to the minor four. It feels like we've no. modulated because yeah. I think there's so much tension um, on th- because of the the relentless, the unrelenting pedal point of the D, and that's really the first time that the the bass just moves all the way up to the the G without keeping the pedal point. So it feels like such a such a departure. So th- so he's he's gotten us they've gotten us with uh unexpected uh rhythm, unexpected harmony in the bass note and also the instrumentation changes as you mentioned, that's when the acoustic guitar comes in for the first time and we have Tom taking a break and Johnny taking over with that beautiful melody, the guitar melody. And that melody is which is so simple, right? But if you put it over the G minor and then Yeah, and what's the chord after the D minor, Jack? Is that an F over it's like C? A, it's an A minor over C. Is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, that's... I mean, if it's an F minor, then it would be it would be, which it's not. There's no. I think it's it's either like a. Yeah, I think it's A minor over C. So it's a, it's a C six essentially. Yeah. So yeah. so 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 the reason it sounds like a a like a like a, a a six a c6 is because johnny's playing the a right when you go back up right so he goes yeah. he goes yeah right so it makes yep. it feel because there's an a on top for the c you get that nice melancholic c major six or a minor first position kind of sound and it just makes it feel so sad you also hear the e resolving to the D over the G minor chord. So they're just like they're 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 using all of these really cool flavors within each chord to elicit this insane cool haunting emotion. Can you play Jack the the G minor with the A in the melody but also the E resolving to the D? Yeah, so there's all these suspensions and resolutions that just pull on your heartstrings. strings. 
So that happens a few times. And then we go we go into this other room of this house. Uh when when we go to this almost through composed section where there's like a flat two in the harmony at some point, right, Jack? Yes, like an E so, flat. So it's it's an A flat resolving to the G, and they resolve to a G major to end the section instead of a G minor. We've been in G minor Ugh. this whole time, and then they resolve to the G major. Let's listen to where the chords change um, in the second half of that bridge after the acoustic guitar comes in. Oh my God, I love that section so much. It's F, G minor, E flat, F, G minor, E flat, A flat, and then G. G major. (laughs) Oh my God. So so remember, remember, we're still in the key of D minor. So you hear... It, what what this this whole section whoops right this that's still home d minor but now the first time coming out of this section they resolve to an f you're like oh this is a sunny part of the key now we're kind of in f major which is why this e flat we're introducing that flavor, which is a flat yeah. two in the key of D minor or a flat seven in the key of F. See, what's interesting here, Rai, is they've played the bridge so many times. They've cycled through that chord progression that in my body, I've left D minor at this point. You, D minor you, is you're like... You're hearing all of that as G minor. I'm so, so D minor is, is like, you know, I'm seeing earth from like you know a million miles away and so d minor is this little speck in the distance but i'm my home now is g minor like i'm on planet g minor and so when i hear that i hear that as flat seven one and then i hear that as flat six yeah and then and then i hear this that's what sounds like the flat two to me right and what's right interesting right. about that right the major that, resolution that feels, Pickardy now it feels third. like a Picardy third yeah. on on the new one, but then I'm they go you. back to For the once, D minor, and then you're like, "Oh we shit, agree. that's home." Okay, great, we agree on a key change. <laughs> well, I always <laughs> hear things in major keys, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree that 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 A flat does sound like a flat two, and then the G major is is the Picardy third. You know what's funny is we've been talking about this song for an hour, and I feel like we could keep talking about it for another two hours i mean like, we, we haven't even, even get... we haven't even started talking about the lyric no we didn't talk about the lyric and we also didn't talk about the weird um uh harmonic rhythm of the song that's mm. not in force it doesn't work in force it's not blocks of four the melody yeah. isn't the chords aren't they cycle in threes they cycle in extra bars it is such an like we didn't even get into that but i'm i'm i feel like you know, this song is infinite listens, you know, it's, yes. it's like one of those great 
books where you read it every time and you get something new from it. This song, you could listen to it a million times. The first time I've heard the the doubled vocal, for example, in the choruses, yeah. I just think they are absolute geniuses. And you know, it's cool. <clears throat> and this is just exacerbated when it comes to Radiohead because there's so much nuance and detail and stuff that can't be written down is that like I've been listening to this song for so many years and every time I hear it, I'm a different person. So you're hearing it from, you know, not only in a different environment and listening situation, but also from a different set of life experiences and uh, lessons learned. And it's just like there's there's so much that informs um, how you're able to just come back to this music over and over and over again and pull from it different, uh, you know, inspiration and and associations and it's just like it's such a religious experience listening to radiohead what a joy thank you to all you uh at home for listening and being part of dead wax and our evolution our next shoot is going to be in person hopefully which i'm really excited about it's going to be fun to all be in uh, the room again together but we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time see you next time